the administrator of the new covenant. Over yonder in his epistles, the apostle to the Gentiles. Well, the Lord calls Moses up for a meeting. And uh, then in chapter 25, verse 22, please underline that in where he said, and there I will meet with thee. Now this is pointing to Christ. This is the ark. I need a little help. Y'all got to talk back to me. The ark, that's where this whole thing was hidden to where men could be right with God. Man could be righteous with God. Man could be reconciled to God. Man could be redeemed to God. Man could be regenerated. Christ born, it was all hidden for the fact that God wanted to bring man back to himself. Amen. Thank God. Sin separated us, but this was God's plan to bring man back. And this is an Old Testament picture of Christ, that ark. And that's where we meet with God is in Christ. Amen. So if the Lord will help me for a little while, I'll take my new fancy hanky in which I'm pretty excited about. I'm a little scared of it, but I'm excited about it. And uh, <laughs> I want to take and look at three meetings in this text. Now, for about a month, the Lord's had me in the book of Exodus. So I'm just going to jump in the deep end and splash around. How's that for a homiletical structure? Don't tell them at the fancy school now, but that's what we're going to do is jump in the deep end and splash around, and let's just stop and thank God that we're able to have a meeting. The brother pastor, what the Lord's put in my heart is to preach a message that might belong at the end of the week, but if we'll put it at the beginning of the week, we might have quite a week. What a meeting. Let's just by faith call it. What a meeting the Lord will give us. Three things here I'm going to say them to you at the very front, and then I'll preach them to our hearts. Number one, this was a mountaintop meeting. Amen. He called them up into the mount. Do you see there? In verse 12, and the Lord of chapter 24, the Lord said unto Moses, come up to me into the mount. And I like this, be there. <laughs> the, the originals, it says, be there or be square. Now, hold on, I made that up. But be there. And then, so look in verse 15. And Moses went up into the mount, and a cloud covered the mount. Well, I felt my first happy bubble right there. Amen. It's a mountaintop meeting. What if the Lord calls us up into a high place this week, preacher? Number two, we'll get around to all these possibly. Number two, it's a, it was a men's meeting. Brother Tim, the Lord called some men up there. Now, this, there's a reflection of this, or rather, this is a reflection. Uh, this is the Old Testament Mount of Transfiguration. Matthew 17, when the Lord showed his glory and the glory of God burst out of the body of the Lord Jesus. Well, right here, God showed his glory. Look at it there in verse number 16. And the glory of the Lord abode upon Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it six days. Now look at verse 17. And the sight of the glory of the Lord 
was like devouring fire on the top of the mount in the eyes of the children of Israel. And Moses went into the midst of the cloud and got him up into the mount. Okay, so you see this in Matthew 17, that mount of transfiguration. And this is the old and the new. Can I get a witness? Well, in both of them, five men were called up. Right here in this old covenant, Moses and Aaron and then the two sons of the high priest and then Joshua gets in the picture. What about that? And in the New Testament, five men, Moses, Elijah, Simon, Peter, and the two sons of thunder. Y'all ain't helping me, amen. What a beautiful reflection, this mirror. And so what if the Lord gave us a men's meeting and called some special men to come up to, it was a men's meeting. Thank God for the dear ladies. I don't minimize the ladies. They may be weaker, but they're often smarter. Can I get a witness right there? The old feller said to his wife, he married a blonde woman, he said, you know, for you to be so pretty, you sure are dumb. And she said, look here, God made me pretty, so you'd like me, and God made me dumb, so I'd like you. <laughs> that's, the only, that's the only space I'm giving you, Miss Lori. I ain't giving you nothing else. That's all you got. Amen. I may give Ashlyn a little more. Amen. She's my buddy. We're a hodgepodge. Ain't that right? Now, listen. Thank God for the ladies. And by the way, before we move away from the dear ladies, there was more women at Calvary than there were disciples. And there was no disciples the three days that his body was in that. Don't you dare minimize the ladies. Thank God. And, and while I'm bragging on you girls, y'all don't get this much in the Baptist. I'm gonna brag on a little bit more. It was a woman had to go get the two apostles and get them up and going. Mary up there saw the Lord. And the Lord said, do me a favor, honey. He said, go get my preachers and tell them to get out of bed and get up here. She went and fetched Peter and John, told them that the Lord's arisen. But I'm gonna tell you something, we're gonna be in real trouble until the men step up. There was a men's meeting here. And so we'll come back and look at that. Then number three, over there in chapter 25, this is where it was all going. This is why God called Moses. This is why God had him build a sanctuary. This is why God set it up because God wanted man to be reconciled unto him. At that mercy seat, it was, and I'm gonna call it this, it was a mercy seat meeting. Amen. You ought to go ahead and just pop you a good happy bubble right there. You remember when you got saved? That was, that, that was your mercy seat meeting. When you got in that blood and got under that Shekinah cloud, amen. So the Lord gave them a meeting. Oh, what a meeting they had here. Let's talk about it and see if God would be interested in helping us in this week and this church and this meeting. So number, help us with this. So number one. Let's talk about that mountaintop meeting. <laughs> Amen. Thank God he got in that cloud. I think I want to talk about that cloud. Thank God he got in that cloud. And didn't that bright, didn't it serve there in, in the Gospels that a bright cloud overshadowed them? A bright cloud. Well, this was a mountaintop meeting. And there they got up there and they saw the God of Israel. Chapter 24, verse 10. 
and they saw the God of Israel. Well, what do you reckon they saw over there on the Mount of Transfiguration? They saw the Lord of glory. Amen. There they saw the Lord. They saw the glory of the Lord. I want to say something to you, brethren. We need a mountaintop meeting where the Lord can show us his glory. I'm going to tell you something. If we're not careful, our Baptist churches in Knoxville, Tennessee, be so full of worldliness, so full of strife, so full of compromise, so full of corruption, so full of lukewarmness. Brethren, we need that glory of God to break out upon us. 1 Corinthians 10, 2, that glory. said they were baptized in the cloud. They were baptized in the cloud and in the sea. Brother, we need that cloud to roll in on top of us. We need that cloud of glory. We need that cloud. We need to be baptized in that cloud. They got up on that mountaintop and in both instances, brother, and that cloud covered them and they saw the God of Israel. Well, that's what they saw over yonder. the news. They saw the Lord. Now, I want to say this to you. We need to get to where we can see the Lord again. Oh, my. You ain't going to run this race without looking unto Jesus. It was a mountaintop meeting and there they saw the Lord. Uh, look at this in verse 10. It's interesting. By the way, they didn't seem till the blood got applied. They didn't seem till the blood got applied. Back up to, chapter, we're still in chapter 24. Mm, mm, mm. Verse 5. He sent young men of the children of Israel which offered burnt offerings and sacrificed peace offerings of oxen unto the Lord. And Moses took half of the blood and put it in basins and half of the blood he sprinkled on the altar and he took the book of the covenant and read in the audience of the people. And they said, all the Lord has said will we do and be obedient. And Moses took the blood and sprinkled it on the people and said, behold, the blood of the covenant which the Lord hath made with you concerning all these words. Then they went on up and verse nine, and then they saw the God of Israel. Amen. And then they sat down in verse 11, did eat and drink. Brother, that's what me and you do after we've seen the Lord. We can sit there and sup with God. We can eat at his table. We can sup with the Lord. I think about that lukewarm promise in that Laodicean age. He said, if you, I, there's a knocking at the door. If any man will open the door, I'll come in and I will sup with him. Amen. Zacchaeus, he said, I'm a coming to your house today. And they went home and had supper. What about them apostles in the end of Acts 2? After the glory of God, the Holy Ghost, the fire of God, what did they do? They went to each other's houses and stayed all night. They couldn't sleep, amen. They fellowshiped and broke bread together. Thank God. I got news for you. We need to have a mountaintop meeting. Only the blood allows to get up there. Only the blood. Now look there in verse 10. They saw the God of Israel. There was under his feet, as it were, a paved work of a sapphire stone, and as it were, the body of heaven in his clearness. Mm. My, my, my. Luke, when he mentioned this glory, he mentioned a glistering whiter than any fuller on earth could die 
He said, there ain't a man in the cloth business, ain't a man in the cotton business that can make it any whiter. It was glistering. As it were, the body of heaven in its clearness. Would that have been the beauty of the clearness of space and the stars glistering? I don't know. I don't know. We wasn't there. But I'll tell you one thing. I've been in the presence of the Lord, and you just can't tell people about it. Amen. Under his feet was, as it were, a work of a paved work of a sapphire stone. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I might preach that one night. Amen. The Lord paved everywhere he stood. It's paved. What about that? wonder if he walked on water, or I wonder if it was paved as he walked on it. Y'all ain't helping me. Wonder how we do stand on that sea of glass on the other side. Wonder who paid that gold street that leads up to the throne. Y'all ain't helping me. I wonder did he walk on water or if you'd have been there, you'd have seen something else. Y'all ain't helping me. Oh, thank God they saw. Now that night, that last Thursday night in July, 1982, I was a 13-year-old boy. The Lord had a mountaintop meeting for us and he called us up to the top of a mountain. He had an appointment and we didn't even know it. Amen. He kept it and we were there. Can I get a witness? Amen. I was a little 13-year-old rascal. My legs were six foot tall. My torso was about nine inches. <laughs> it's called adolescence. Can I get a witness right there? Amen. My head was full grown at age five and I had heavy plastic glasses on them. I was a bobblehead kid. Can I get a witness right there? Amen. Oh, that night I was just sitting back there, thank the Lord, in the old church, one of my great, great, I don't know how many greats, great, 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 one of my great grandfathers and a Baptist preacher took a shovel and broke ground in the Dogwood Valley back in the 1800s and they started a church. Wonder how prayed for I was before I ever got there. Help me now. And the thing was, I never was in our home church. I was three. Dad went to Idaho. He heard the Macedonian call. Spent my childhood. Dad pastored in Missouri. And then over in Tennessee as a teenager. And then I headed off to Bible school in Florida. Never was at our home church. It was just our heritage. But I was there that summer. Amen. I was there that summer when they had boys week Bible camp. Thank God for an old-fashioned Holy Ghost church. Y'all don't trade the farm in, you hear me? I mean, the larger the cities, the more pressure it is on the preachers to give this contemporary society what they're asking for. I was so disappointed this morning when I seen a man that, uh, younger than me, but I watched him grow up, and he married my daddy's song leader's daughter. I mean, married a girl out of our church down there in Atlanta and, and, and he's done he's done opened up a coffee Starbucks in the church and tight jeans on the girls and and he's called it the river and he's our river that's what they call the church our river our river and I understand not all the young ladies are trained but some of them ought to be help me right there and brother he and he even went on and I grew up in this boy I sent this boy missionary money you hear me and he's quit the mission field and he's in Atlanta and he said, uh, y'all come on and join us. You'll be perfectly relaxed. We're not going to judge anybody here. And he said, these are not the old Baptists you grew up with. He, we're cool and we're hip and we're relevant. I mean, made me want to go outside and throw up. 
He said, our river. He said, come and join our river. And it's called the River Fellowship. Oh, dear time. I'm glad there was an old-fashioned church. Yes. I was 13. And brother and the Holy Ghost still had free reign in there. Y'all hearing me? And it tugged on my little heart. And I went to the little altar. And I didn't know there's 200 young men there. And uh, Dogwood Valley Baptist Church, Tunnel Hill, Georgia. Pastor Roy Gentry is there 53 years. And you know things are already changing. Now he's a year and a half now he's been gone. Do you know things are already changing? Can you believe that? Can you believe that? 53 years of a heritage. And it don't take but 10 minutes for the young people who are listening to the other young people. I want to listen to the old people. I want to listen to the old preachers. I want to listen to the old paths. I want to listen to the old precepts. I want to listen to them old principles. Y'all ain't helping me. Listen, I sitting over there and the Holy Ghost, mm, a little tug. I wasn't crying. I wasn't emotional. I had my mind on a hot dog. They said, we're going to have hot dogs. I said, hot dog? <laughs> Double meaning. And French's yellow mustard, <laughs> other than fries and Napoleon. That is the only two good things the French ever come up with. You know that's right. And, uh, oh, I had my mind on that hot dog. I had to put something in them legs. They went from here to Mars, and a little torso, a little nine-year-old boy in the head for a 30-year-old man. I walked down there and got on that altar. I even so honest, I said, Lord, I ain't got nothing to pray about. You just said, come down here. And I was thinking about that hot dog. And the Holy Ghost said, I want you to be a preacher. I said, huh? <laughs> I've kind of been thinking about being a fireman. I said, I'm thinking about being a fireman. He didn't say nothing else, but what he'd said was so strong. I just said, Okay. I wasn't going to argue. I was interested in a hot dog. I said, okay. Amen. I got up. And old Brother Gentry said, everybody just stay down there, boys. And we just mingled around there and stood there like he said. And in a minute, he said, oh, he started down the line and went down one by one. The old white-haired preacher and that. But what would you do? One after another. I was number five. Well, the first one he asked was old Poteet. He died. He had a thyroid condition. I'm not trying to be funny. He weighed about 540 pounds. He really did. And uh, he died three or four years later. He was probably 20, 22 at the time. And I just never will forget when God filled me with the, whew, it's when God filled me with the Holy Ghost. Brother Gentry said, Poteet, Chris Poteet was his name. And I never will forget the way he turned. His legs were so big and his arms. To, I never will forget he turned off that wall to tear. <laughs> and I was standing right there, my head bobbling. <laughs> and that tear. And my daddy's old pastor, who was standing there in 1966 when he flagged him out of hell. When he flagged my daddy out of hell, y'all ain't helping me. This is 1982 now. And he said, Poteet, what'd you do? The old big boy turned around and that tear slid in. He said, God save me. And I forgot the hot dog. And that tear got real big and it dripped right into my soul. And when when he got to me, I was about number five. Ding! I I got the tape. We had church from seven 
p.m. till 2 a.m. I got the tape. Benny Robin, old deacon, had one of them little old black tape players, and he was recording over there. Took three tapes before he gave up. I got the tape in my safe at the house. And Brother Gentry said, Dane, Dane, hollered it twice. What you going to do? And you can hear me. I said, I think I'm going to be a preacher. Yeah, you going to preach, Dane? Yes, sir. And he moved on to the next one. But I don't remember another two or three more because in our corner, we got interested in praying again. <laughs> Had a mountaintop meeting. And in the church age, in the spirit realm, in the faith world, I seen the Lord. Did you see him with your eyes? No, it was clearer than that. (laughs) Did you hear him with your ears? No, it was louder than that. Woo! Had a mountaintop meeting and that cloud settled in on us. Old boy come from work over in the carpet mill, Rex Eisenhower. I don't know, he's probably 19 or 21, something like that. Nobody told him anything. We didn't have cell phones in those days. They was such conviction. These boys had run up on the main paved road at midnight and flagging down cars and preaching. They were running and shouting on that road in the middle of the night. That's a little scary, <laughs> you know. But God was so thick, people was pulling over and shouting them on. Mm, yeah. Could you imagine that? They were running all up and down that highway preaching. I was up in the woods in the old brush arbor, preached my first message ever at midnight. Bible fell open to First Peter chapter 1. Uh, in whom though now you seem not, yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Whom having not seen, you love. Amen. That was my first text. I reckon that was a precursor to the ministry I would have, preaching old-fashioned meetings in the midnight hour. And there was only four boys. Uh, They just parked. They sat there. They was praying all over them mountains. They were running all up on that hill. Some was in the church, some was in the gym, some was in the woods, but it was a shout all over that place. I grabbed that pulpit at midnight and preached four boys sat down there, amen, shouted me on. That was my first message. And so the Lord had me preaching at midnight in an old-fashioned arbor to a small crowd on joy unspeakable. I'm about to throw a chair to the middle of downtown. I am. Y'all, somebody else will have to go get it. Tommy, go get it with your fire truck. Woo! Preacher, do you reckon that was a little foretaste of my ministry? Preaching on him whom we've not seen, but we love. And we're rejoicing with a joy unspeakable and full of glory. Got in the cloud that night. Got baptized in the cloud. Everybody look at 1 Corinthians 10 too. Hurry, just for a second. I've been caught up on this. I've been studying on this. been thinking on this. I need you to help me. See, I don't know how I missed it all these years. They were baptized at the Red Sea crossing. And right here in Exodus 24, they got in that cloud. Moses got up in that cloud. 40 days and 40 nights, didn't need water or food. Baptized 
in the cloud. Do you see it in Corinthians 10 too? How did I miss it all them years? Got baptized in the cloud. I'm about to run. I'm about to throw a second chair. Old Brother Tommy would be looking for chairs all night downtown Knoxville with that fire truck. How about baptized in the cloud? Cloud is water in its vapor state. Cloud is, a cloud is water in its heavenly state. Y'all ain't helping me. It ain't, it ain't liquid and it ain't solid. It's the heavenly stuff. Y'all ain't helping me. Don't clouds float in the heavenlies? <laughs> he said there in Acts 1, verse 5, he should be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. And then Acts 2 said, and they were baptized and said and they were all filled. Now the baptism is to fill something up and then put you in it. Help me now. What if God filled the place with his cloud and put you in it? But then how are they filled in the baptism? Acts 1 and Acts 2, study it when you get to the house. It was a baptism of the Holy Ghost and it said they were filled. So how does he put you in something and put that same something in you? Well, I figured it out. Only took a little meditation. If I'm in the middle of something and open my mouth and suck it in, then I, it'll be in me. <laughs> and that last night in Thursday, July 1982, the Spirit of the Lord filled the place. I opened my mouth wide and I filled it. Yeah. Wonder if you was up in the clouds and just decided to get your mouth up. <sighs> You'd be in the cloud and the cloud be in you. How many of you are in the Lord's house when he fills it with his blood and fills it with his spirit, but people say, I'm in it, but I ain't gonna let it in me. I got news for you. I want to Psalm 82 or 90 or 87 or read Psalms, you'll find this. It said, open thy mouth wide and I will fill it. I read behind G. Campbell Morgan the other day and he said, if you'll open your mouth wide, God will help you open it wider. <laughs> Woo! I open my mouth wide for Albania, the little mission field to be saved. Open it wide, and God opened it wider and gave me Uganda and Japan and England. And I opened my mouth wide when he showed me Albania, and he opened it even wider. I opened my mouth wide there in the early 90s in that little church in Florida. He was a little boy over in Palatka. And I was over there in Lodi. Remember when that other 13-year-old preacher moved over there where I was? He was over there in Palatka. I opened my mouth wide in those days for God to give revival to my little church. Let me rephrase that, to his little church. And he just opened it wider and let me get in a whole bunch of churches. <laughs> Y'all ain't helping me. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. Well, what did Moses do up there for 40 days and 40 nights? What you need to do in a cloud when you don't eat or drink? I mean, eating and drinking is my two favorite hobbies. 
sweet tea. And let's pray that God's killed a hog somewhere and we'll take it any way that you can fix it. It's fine. What do you do up there? Well, I wonder where all they went. Moses wrote the Pentateuch, didn't he? First five books of the Bible, children. Moses the one who wrote this in the beginning. God created. <laughs> wonder what he did in them 40 days. <laughs> Lord may have took him back to the beginning of time. Where do you think he got the inspiration and the insight and the Holy Ghost supernatural bit to write those scriptures? How did he know what the tabernacle in heaven looked like? Well, open your mouth wide. And God will open it wider. Huh. Some of you youngins here, I love you like, like you're my own, some of you. And uh, one of you girls, just open your, wide, open your mouth wide for Jesus. Yeah, Nothing else. And then he'll come along, Jesus, oh, let me open that even wider and give you a godly husband who'll never mistreat you, right. love you and protect you and keep you at the altar. <laughs> wonder, if, wonder if he'll bring you some babies that'll grow up to honor you and honor Christ. <laughs> I preached to you and you as a little girl. I told Jennifer yesterday, I said, dear Lord, I'm preaching to Lori's teenagers. This is weird. <laughs> I said, I preached to her when she is a little teenage girl. Now I'm preaching to her little teenage girl. It must mean I'm getting old. Oh, my girls, if you'll open your mouth wide, he'll open it even wider. Amen, Yes, ma'am. And you girls better pray God gives you a man. Mm-hmm. This is an hour when we got so much perversion. The devil's got all these boys warped. They'll never know how to treat a lady. They'll never know how to treat a woman. They'll never know, oh, but God's got a man. Out there. Girls, if you'll stay with him, stay with God. Amen. He's got a man for you that'll keep you on the altars. He He'll come in the house and give you a hug instead of a kick. Amen. When he does get mad, he'll stand up in church and tell everybody, oh, I'm sorry, I got mad. <laughs> Amen. Huh? That's how you get full of the Holy Ghost. When he fills the place, open your mouth wide because you're hungry for him. Uh-huh. Amen. Oh, my. I said it was a mountaintop meeting. Yes. Amen. What if God gave us that? It was a men's meeting. It was a men's meeting. Moses, Aaron, the two sons of the priest, Nadab and Abihu, and Joshua, you can read on in chapter 24. Joshua got pulled in this thing big time. He went on up there. He's the only one allowed to go on up there with Moses. Oh, my. Five men. And then you go over there to that Mount of Transfiguration, five men, Moses, Elijah, Simon Peter, and we got two sons over there, the two sons of thunder. My daddy pastored down in Tennessee on the Georgia line down around below Cleveland, and uh, we was 10 minutes from the Bonarges Baptist Church. 
Bonarges is in your Bible. It means the sons of thunder. It was James and John. Bonarges. They went on and just named that church. We're the sons of thunder over here. <laughs> so and they were too, and them daughters could thunder. <laughs> it wasn't always godly, but boy, they look all right. There was a thunder and lightning sometimes. Help me now. <laughs> Mud trucks, overalls, and a little bit of snow running out, and that was just the girls. <laughs> Help me now. I know there's some hillbillies in Knoxville. Y'all ain't but 10 minutes away from scary hills. Not just hills, but scary hills. You know that's right. All y'all came down there out of the hills. You ain't fooling nobody. <laughs> Bonarches. Look at them men up there. Let's just stop and thank God that he pulled some men up on the mountain. I'll tell you something, you can't have church without spirit-filled men. You ain't gonna have real church without spirit-filled men. Something's wrong when the women are forced to be the spiritual leaders. When they're forced to be the spiritual leaders in the home, when they're forced to be the spiritual leaders in the house of God, and thank God at least some of the women are there. But you got a healthy church. When you got a man of God in charge and you got some men that are filled with the spirit of God, help me now. When the men lead in worship, when the men lead in prayer, when the men lead in faith, what if we had to look out seven men? What if we had to in this hour, in the average Baptist church, find seven men full of the Holy Ghost, full of faith? Let's talk about a scriptural deacon for a minute. You want to on a Monday night? That'd be fun. I, I'm at sign my own Bible, but I'll do it. Let's talk about scriptural deacons. It ain't your successful businessmen who keep the pastor in line. That's a southern thing. Y'all ain't helping me. The scriptural thing. Not a successful businessman who keeps the pastor in line. That's your Southern Baptist and half your independent Baptist. But a scriptural deacon is a man full of the Holy Ghost and full of faith who will serve the pastor and serve the church in physical tasks so that the man of God can be given to his spiritual task, the word and the prayer. Servants, not bosses. It's killing our churches. Spirit of possession, spirit of power, this spirit of bossiness. And this, y'all help me now. I'm looking for somebody who wants to fight. I can preach better when somebody's mad at me, but I can't, I can't fight. Everybody's too sweet tonight. Y'all are going to ruin this sermon. Y'all of you are nice and spiritual so that I can't even preach good. <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, I got news for you. It was a men's meeting. Now, let's stop and thank God for the kind of men he uses. Let's put a little slant on this for a minute. Look who was on that Mount of Transfiguration. I got a message I preach on. Look who God allowed. Moses, he had a murder problem. That's why he's hiding on the backside of that desert. He'd killed a man in town. Isn't that something God put it in his hands? Thou shalt not kill in the hands of a man who had. And what about Elijah? He had a mental problem. Would it be a definition, a classic definition of bipolar when you whip 850 men in one day and the next day one woman puts you under a juniper tree? <laughs> you know, I got some comments right there. And I'm, I, ain't got I ain't got time. 850 false prophets. He killed them 
and called down fire in one, and the next day one mean Jezebel made him suicidal. <laughs> you know I have comments, and I'm, I'm keeping them to myself. I ain't found nobody to be mad at, and I can't hardly preach. <laughs> huh? Elijah had a mental problem. And what about that? He requested he'd die. It's enough. I'm just going to die. Just let me die. And you know what bothered him so much that God said, you know, we'll, if death bothers you that much, we'll just skip it. <laughs> he never did die. The only thing he's afraid of, the only thing that never happened to him, he never did die. He caught a horse and chariot ride to heaven. It was a fire. It's a seraphim. Amen. Moses had a murder problem. Elijah had a mental problem. Simon Peter, he had a mouth problem. <laughs> he had a real mouth problem. I'm going to get that one little sticky hair off of my <laughs> I'll just be mad at it. <laughs> blasphemed. Blasphemed. Didn't he blaspheme? Cursed. Denied that he knew Christ. That'd be a mouth problem. And the Lord took him and said, tell you what, I'm going to let you preach the message. You know, we're going to fill you with the Holy Ghost, turn that mouth around and use it for the glory of God. What about them two sons of thunder, James and John? They had a mean problem. You remember back there early on in their ministry? They wanted to call fire down in that whole town. <laughs> we preached one sermon over there. They didn't like it. Toast it, got fired up. Turn or burn today. I just got to going in circles. I seen them fellas at Walmart holding signs. <laughs> easy, Bill, easy. James and John, ye know not what spirit you're of. I know John got tender later, didn't he? James, you read James. He said, Brethren, and that was the last sweet thing he said. <laughs> Five chapters of raking you over the coals. First pastor at Jerusalem along with Simon Peter. Look at who's on that mountain. Murder problem, mental problems, mouth problem, mean-spirited problem. But God touched them all and sanctified them, sprinkled the blood on them and made them worth something. Look who he allows up on that mountain. You're saying, I'd like to be in that men's meeting. I'd like to be in that mountaintop meeting. Boy, I wish I, but I've, I'd never, I'm not worthy. I've never would be as special as those men. Then we're just old sinner men that God decided to do something yes, with. Amen. Let's go to the last thing tonight, the mercy seat meeting. Thank God this is what it's about right here. Look in chapter 25, verse 22. And there I will meet with thee. And I will commune with thee from above the mercy seat. Let's just stop and thank God that God made arrangements to where he could meet with us. And it's in Christ, in Christ alone. That ark, our Lord's supper table, now this is not required in the church age, but it is representative and the Lord's Supper table, it's almost the same dimensions as the Ark of the Covenant usually. 
Only the ark was enclosed. It was encased. Had that gold lid and the, and the gold seraphim above it on either side. One piece of gold and no seraphim. And that blood was poured on the top. And inside that ark of the covenant had three things. It had the stone tablets of law. It had Aaron's rod that budded. And it had that pot of manna. And at some point in time, a, a parchment copy of the law was tucked in the side somewhere on down the line. But look what was in that. Of course, that whole ark is a picture of Christ. The gold on the top, that was his heavenly nature. The wood on the bottom, that was his human nature. Amen. The mercy seat, that's where the blood was poured. And look what was inside that ark. Now those three things could represent a lot of things. And there's pictures of Christ in all of this. And there's pictures of spiritual things. But them three things also represented everything wrong with us. The stone tablets, we broke God's law. Aaron's rod, there never was an Aaron's rod in the picture until Korah and his rebellious company came against Moses and God opened up the earth. You remember that? And it swallowed the whole family and everybody with them down into the pit. That was the day Aaron's rod was put out there as evidence that had leaves on it. It's that resurrection power. Well, that pot of manna, if the stone tablets remind us of all of our transgressions, and Aaron's rod reminds us of a rebellion that have put us in hell. That pot of manna. Well, I know it was a blessing. God fed them for 40 years right out of the heavens. But why did he have to feed them for 40 years? They wandered in the wilderness. Disobedience and unbelief would not go into the promised land. And that was a reminder of our wanderings and our disobeyings and our refusals to cross over. Look what was placed in Christ. Oh, I need you to help me now. Look what was placed in Christ. All the laws that we ever broke, all the rebellion that should have ever put us in hell, and all of our disobediences and wanderings, amen. They were all put in Christ. And when that blood was poured out upon it, it covered all of those things. That's where I'll meet with you. In Christ. I do like the little song that's come along in recent years, In Christ Alone. In Christ Alone. Amen. And I like the older song even maybe a little bit. He's all I need. He's all I need. And then there's that one. Is it a different song? Jesus Christ is made to me. Same song. All I need. All I need. Of course, then there's the other song. He's all I need. He's all I need. I like it, oh, him. On, on Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. 
I love them verses. I don't know them, but I can sing it. His oath, his covenant, his blood support me in the whelming flood. When all around my soul gives way, he then is all my hope and stay. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Amen. There's no other way. There's no other way. What's that old song? There is a fountain filled with blood. But I love that last verse. Let me remember it. I love that last verse about my soul and being in danger of hell. I'll talk about it till I remember it. Yeah, it's a good one. There is a fountain filled with blood. Yeah, that last verse. I'm going to sing it. I've, requ- I've got a request that came from me. And I'm going to sing it. That last verse about that soul hell you found it I expect you to be a little more quick on the draw than what you be yeah back up one verse uh huh uh huh uh huh yeah that's a good verse too well I guess I'll have to sing it tomorrow (laughs) you've got everything but the one verse I wanted yeah, yeah, let's see. Yeah, yeah, well, there was a time that it was uh, in there. <laughs> I'll, find, I'll find it and sing it tomorrow. You come back tomorrow night, I'll sing. <laughs> but I'm glad that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There I will meet with thee where that blood is poured out. You have a mercy seat meeting? Remember when you got saved? My, my. If your religion ain't enough to get you to church, it probably ain't enough to get you to heaven. Thank God, that's right. Y'all remember that mercy seat meeting where the Lord met with you? (laughs) You know, I love to hear people's salvation stories. They're all different. Every one of them is different, unique, got their own. When I was a little boy, I heard Dr. Reuben Fields. He used to run around with J. Harold Smith, run around with Ed Blue. He is from Louisiana, Golden Gloves, boxing champion, maybe back in the 40s or the 50s. Pastored in Indianapolis, Indiana. And I met him because Ed Blue would use him for a little while when I was a little boy in them Rock of Ages conferences. And old Reuben Field, great old big black man, he told how he got saved. He said, I was a picking cotton down there in Louisiana. Mama said, we was picking cotton. I think they could have been slaves or just off the plantation, just a generation off of it. He said, I was down on my hands and knees. And he said, I've been wanting to get saved. I've been hearing that preacher man. He said, but I was embarrassed and didn't want nobody to know it. He said, so I made a deal with the Lord that I'd get saved right there in that cotton patch. But 
but we wasn't going to tell nobody. And he said, I got on my little hands and knees, maybe just a 12, 13-year-old boy, a little black boy in Louisiana. And he said, I asked the Lord to save me. And he said, the Lord did a horrible thing. About the time he saved me, he broke our agreement. <laughs> said, and he went up on the next cotton patch aisle, went up there to Mama and told, <laughs> told Mama what we was doing. <laughs> He said, I ain't said nothing to nobody. He said, but I was getting up from my prayer and mama was standing up from picking. She said, whoo. I'll never forget him saying, she said, whoo, whoo, Ruby, Ruby. He said, the Lord done snuck up there and told her and he said, we wasn't going to tell nobody. <laughs> he said, but a funny thing happened about the same time he told mama, I was wanting to tell mama. Yeah. He said, I didn't want to keep it a secret no more. Amen. And here's what he said. I quote, he said, me and mama tore up more cotton that afternoon than we had picked all morning. Hey, <laughs> man. Thank God I remember that mercy seat meeting. Amen. And I was a little boy and a man was preaching on hell, my daddy's church in Missouri. And I run forward, scared. Prayed something or another. I don't know. I did. I came to the Lord with hell on my mind. Four years later, I was 13. And this time the Lord came to me with heaven on his mind. Yes, Say, when did you get saved? Back there. <laughs> Well, did you get saved when you came to the Lord or when the Lord came to you? Yes. <laughs> Which one was it? Uh-huh. <laughs> I know I came to him with all the hell on me. I know a little while later he came to me with all the heaven on him. Yeah. When did you get saved when I was a boy? <laughs> Thank you. He said, well, you need to know. Well, I know. I know that the Lord saved me. You need to know when. Show me that verse. Well, you need to know where. Show me that verse. Well, you need to know what. Show me that verse. Well, you need to know how. You really can't show me that verse. Paul said, for I know not what I have believed, I know where I have believed. That don't sound right to you, does it? I know when I have believed. That ain't what it said. It is. I know how I have believed. Really, that's great. This is a whole generation of how to. How about let's quote the Bible? I know whom. <laughs> did I get saved when I was nine and I ran to him or did I get saved when I was 13 and he ran to me? Yeah. <laughs> we'll take both. We'll take door one and two. Thank you, Bob. <laughs> Amen. I don't give a rip snort if I was nine or 13. I can tell you what I am at 49. I'm saved. Was I trying to get out of hell or is he trying to get me to heaven? I don't give a rip. It sounds like it all sounds good to me. Yes, sir. You've been listening to me instead of the Holy Ghost. Quit worrying about things God ain't worried about. Amen. One fellow said, I can't remember 
can't remember my birthday. can't remember when I was born. I said, but I'm pretty sure I was because I'm alive right now. <laughs> Amen. Help me now. Right. Don't you worry about when you got saved. Are you saved? Amen. Oh, I know that could be twisted around and turned on me, but sure. that's all right. Oh, I got news for you. I've had a mercy seat meeting. By the way, I've had a lot of them since. We haven't won tonight. I feel that. I, I sense that fog in here just a tad. I, I, I can feel that blood circulating. Amen. I believe our good shepherd's met with us. He said we're two or three. Amen. <laughs> How many times have I bowed before the Lord to ask some forgiveness for some wrong that I have done and how many times have I heard the Lord say child as long as I have mercy you're forgiven today mercy mercy God's love and mercy hath saved both you you and me if we had gotten justice we would surely be lost but we found mercy when we knelt at the cross I've had a mercy seat meeting yes sir amen well, here's how I want to close, Pastor. Let's thank the Lord in advance. Yes, amen. We've mentioned these things. <laughs> now let's ask him, could we have it? Yes. <laughs> what if he what if that cloud moved in on us this week? Mm. We opened our mouth wide and we were in the cloud and then the cloud got in us. Yes, sir. Amen. What if some men gathered around yes. and worshiped God? What if he recruited some men, sanctified some men? Yes, sir. What about the ladies? Quit worrying about them. They're already there. They were at the cross. They were at the tomb. <laughs> Amen. Oh, my. What if that blood started flowing? We had that Shekinah cloud hovered over that. The Lord Jesus, the body of Christ. What if somebody had a mercy seat meeting this week? Let's ask him for it. Bow our heads. Come pray with me if you would. Yeah. You can make music, sister. It'd be fine. Let's all stand. I know you may be from other congregations, other churches, but come pray with us if you would. That God had grant us these, these meetings this week. That God would grant us these meetings. Oh, Lord, it's what we need, what we got to have. Oh, God. Yes. Y'all sing it, children. Sing it.